On today's episode, we have an attack on U.S. personnel in Jordan. We have intelligence laying out details of U.N. fuckery. And we have a Super Bowl matchup that nobody cares about. This is Next With Lex. Let's get it. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to episode 11 of Next with Lex. I am your host, Alex Sleuthor, and I read the news so you don't have to. Man, what a weekend. What a weekend it was. Lots of news to go over, and I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I got my coffee here. Yeah, cup of coffee in the big time because you'll never get closer than now. Never get closer than now. Yeah. Got my cup of coffee. I'm ready to rock and roll, and we're going to kick it off with Iran. And their fuckery continuing in the Middle East. Again, just getting, it seems every single day I get on here and I say how things are just getting warmer and warmer and warmer and warmer in the Middle East. So we got two Middle East stories today. Two of them. Fantastic. Can't wait. First one being three service members killed in Jordan. Not good at all. This is the first U.S. service members to have, well, let me put a caveat on that. They're the first U.S. service members to be killed in like a direct attack from foreign militia since the October 7th raids by Hamas in Gaza. We had last week, uh, two weeks ago, I should say, two Navy SEALs members died after one, they were boarding a ship that had missile parts heading to Syria from Iran. And one of the Navy SEALs fell into the water and they have a battle buddy system. So if one falls into the water, another one jumps in to recover or try to save. So they have a buddy system. So his partner jumped in after him and they both uh, were missing. Guess it was choppy water. So unfortunately, two of our best and brightest lost their lives that night. So those were two casualties, but those are indirect casualties. Now we have three direct casualties from an attack on a base in Jordan. This base is, it's called Tower 22, which is a super badass name. If you ever want to name your base something and you have want to, people to have no idea what the function of it is, you call it Tower 22 because I'm pretty sure there are no towers on it. <laughs> it's, there's uh, We have Google images of it. There's like seven uh, helipads on it. Uh, it is a base that has been used as a staging ground for counterinsurgency essential attacks against ISIS and things like that within Syria since uh, the war with ISIS began, you know, those many years ago. So Tower 22, a drone strike hit it from militia that has been armed and supplied financially and militarily by Iran. And here we go again. Just here we go. Every time I get on this mic, I even play the toasty. But I actually have a new clip. Things are just popping right now. Things are starting to cultivate. Things are starting to grow. Things are getting real colorful. Yeah. I think that's more appropriate having the macho man, Randy Savage, because things are about to rumble. Uh, U.S. President Biden has been on the record saying that we will strike and we will do so at the time and place of our choosing, which is as fucking American as it gets. Right. That's that's like the the CIA. Anytime you. So there's a Freedom of Information Act and you can actually inquire the CIA about anything and everything. And usually ninety nine point nine percent of the time, your response is the. State Department can neither confirm nor deny, or the CIA can neither confirm nor deny. It's like their favorite thing, because they're not going to tell you what they're doing, right? But they're obligated to give you a response, and that's the response that they give you, and they just cite national security as a reason why they can't give you the specifics of the information. But here we are, Tower 22 attacked. Uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin was was furious when he heard about this. Here we go, people. Here we go. This is this is the beginning of, you know, what are we going to about? Who, how do we respond to this? Do we respond by bombing Iran and Tehran directly? I don't know. 
I mean, that's World War. Uh, you're looking at World War Three spilling out. You're looking at the new axis of evil. You're looking at a war spilling out between. Look, there's already intelligence saying that North Korea has been ramping up for war a little bit. We know Russia's at war. China's been itching for something. Although none of this makes sense because if China went to war, like their whole economy would collapse, and it's already halfway collapsing because of the whole Evergrande thing. Which I'm trying to find some experts to talk about that on a later podcast. So uh, we have a UK ambassador saying that he expects a US response in the next 24 hours. 34 people were additionally injured in this attack. It was uh, drones, unmanned drones, suicide drones, they call them. They flew in. Pretty much no warning was given to the the base. So I don't know if these things were flying low or what the deal was, but obviously we need to kick up our radar or monitoring capabilities in these remote bases because we can't be having this. We can't have no warning attacks on our U.S. personnel uh, on these places. So another stat that I came across is that there has been 150 such attacks on U.S. personnel since October 7th, 150 attacks directly on U.S. personnel. Now, I'm not talking about the attacks on U.S. shipping and shipping lanes in the Red Sea that we've been covering. These are direct military attacks on military bases or near military bases. However, we've had some people with like head injuries and traumatic head injuries and concussions and things like that in the past since October 7th. But this is the first time that U.S. personnel have died. And people are furious. We already have Republicans on on the right itching for war. They're saying it's this is long overdue. This is a blatant red line crossed by Iran because we know that Iran is the one directing it. And we know this. We're not dumb. We because we do the same shit. We have proxies around the world that do stuff for us and stuff like that. Like not saying Israel is a proxy of the United States, but eh, I mean, they kind of are in the Middle East. And that's why we're able to kind of like put guide rails on what's kind of going on in Gaza, kind of and prevent World War Three. So I don't know what's going to happen with this. I'm really hoping it doesn't lead to war because if it leads to war, this would be the beginning of World War Three. So I hope it doesn't. I hope we don't have to go back to all out war. In other news that is also Middle East related, at least 12 UN agency employees were involved in the October 7th attacks, intelligence reports. As the Wall Street Journal came out with an article today, they said they went over several intelligence reports, independently verified them. They reviewed them. And the conclusion was, and this has been global news, but the conclusion was 12 UN employees had direct involvement. And we're talking like they were over there doing the deeds in Israel on October the 7th. Then the report exposes around 10% of UN. So this is UN's Palestinian refugee agency. So all the aid that we send to Gaza, to the Palestinian UN effort here, all the the aid goes to this organization. This organization distributes it. And so it's been long known or long theorized by the Israelis that this agency has been harboring Hamas, that they pass a lot of these, uh, a lot of supplies off to Hamas. So it's not necessarily Hamas stealing them. It's the agency's actually just giving because it's Hamas within the UN agency, right? So this report verifies. So they use everything from interrogations to cell phone data to pictures. So they have all come on. It's the digital age people. We keep everything on our cell phones. Our cell phone tracks us all. So they have they have school teachers that had pictures, selfies on their phones. They were able to get these phones with rocket launchers the day before the attack. And and so they're able to pin a lot of these people in their cell phones in Israel at the time. They're able to pin. So we have 12 people directly involved. They, this report states that 10 percent of all of its Gaza staff have direct ties to the Islamic to Islamic militant groups, including Hamas. And furthermore, the report goes on to say 49%. So we're going to call it 50 because we like to round up in the Sleuther household. 50% of all employees at this UN agency that handles all the Gaza aid have direct family that's involved with Islamic militant groups. That's talking, that's husband, wife, mother, father, brother, sister, son, daughter. That's direct family involvement, 50%. 
And so this report then continually comes out with even more information saying that since October 7th, it has been, they estimated, and they have various things that point to this, that over $1 million of aid has gone directly to Hamas, including fuel. That So instead of pumping fuel into the, their hospital generators, Hamas has taken them so they can build more weapons and missiles. And their food is not going to the people that are suffering there. It's going to Hamas. And these are this is the UN agency. So in response, several countries have cut off aid altogether, including the United States, which is a good thing. Japan. Austria, the U.S., the U.K., Germany, and Italy are among several others that have suspended funding to the U.N. agency for Gaza relief. Look, Hamas has to go. Hamas has to go. People of Palestine, whatever you want, rise up, take over this. This is like kick these people out of their tongue. Do what you have to do because they're the ones that are killing you. That's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Could you imagine? I couldn't imagine. I just can't imagine being a citizen, having this happen and not doing anything. Not saying that they aren't. I know a lot of people are helpless, but boy, oh boy, it really, you really hate to see it. You hate, you hate to see it. 50% of all UN agency. So the UN's like, you can't trust anything coming out of this area. So I feel bad for the Palestinian people, the innocent people that are over there. God, it's what a shitty, shitty thing, shitty thing to happen to you. I hope better days are ahead of you, man. I hope you can find some of their, their own, the Hamas guns and you can turn it on them and, and kick them out. Come on. God, could you imagine if the French did something like this? If this was happening, the French, the French would have risen up like years ago against this happening to them. There is another big article that I want to touch upon, and it's China and the Evergrande real estate thing that's going on right now. So this has been going on for a while. The biggest real estate company in China, huge real estate company in China by volume, by sales, went under. There's a huge property crisis, real estate crisis going on in China. It could have effects over here. Definitely will have effects on the global uh, market and economy. I'm trying. Today is the first day I reached out over Facebook and LinkedIn for experts in this. So I actually want to like kind of start taking a deeper dive. Uh, so I asked for anybody if they have any expertise in the Evergrande situation, how it could uh, affect the United States, how it can affect the global economy. And so I want to get into that and I want to have someone, I want to have my first interview be that. So I reached in over LinkedIn. I reached in, I reached out, reached in, I reached out over LinkedIn. I reached out over Facebook. And so I'm trying to find an expert. Hopefully some someone uh, pops up and we can have our first interview and we can kind of talk about that. So that's another article, but I want to get dive deeper into that on another date. So we're going to dive right into today in history. I didn't do today in history the other day and it was noticeable. A very active listener noticed it. She was not happy. So I'll make sure I go over today in history. So today in history in 2002, Iraq, Iran, and North Korea, this is so fitting. So fitting what's going on in the news, are called an axis of evil for the first time. And so in 2002, U.S. President George W. Bush delivered a State of the Union address. He described Iraq, Iran, and North Korea as an axis of evil for their attempts to develop nuclear, chemical, or biological weapons. So those are your big, big things going on today. I actually have a clip from that because I thought it was really fitting and and there's a little bit of commentary after that. So here's a clip from the State of Union address. This is George W. Bush talking to Congress back in 2002. Iraq continues to flaunt its hostility toward America and to support terror. The Iraqi regime has plotted to develop anthrax and nerve gas and nuclear weapons for over a decade. This is a regime that has already used poison gas to murder thousands of its own citizens, leaving the bodies of mothers huddled over their dead children. This is a regime that agreed to international inspections, then kicked out the inspectors. I remember all this. This is a regime that has something to hide from the civilized world. States like these and their terrorist allies constitute an axis of evil 
arming to threaten the peace of the world by seeking weapons of mass destruction. These regimes pose a grave and growing danger. They could provide these arms to terrorists, giving them the means to match their hatred. They could attack our allies or attempt to blackmail the United States. So this is George W. Bush saying the axis of evil line, famous axis of evil speech back in 2002. And I found this amazing because, first of all, this is what this is the precursor to the Iraq war. The, we invaded Iraq March 20th, 2002. This speech was done January 29th, 2002. So while he's giving this address, and again, this is 2002. And it's interesting because I'm 38 years old now, right? 2002, I was 16 years old. And so I didn't understand really what was going on at the time. as much, And I remember watching the State of the Union, but I don't remember it sinking in. And now hindsight's kind of 2020. He's telling us here, he's setting the stage for our invasion of Iraq a month and a half later. They already knew plans were being prepared. Like this, it was happening when he was given the speech. And he laid it out. He said, they're, they are, they're building mass weapons of mass destruction. They're killing their own people with anthrax. They're doing all this stuff in Iraq. And it turns out there are no weapons of mass destruction. Fairy dust. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's not there. They were never there. But here he gives this speech and we listen to it and he's setting the precursor for that. It's absolutely amazing when you think about it. They already knew. He already knew we were going in when he gave that speech calling him the axis of evil. At least we got comedy like Iraq Lobster out of it. Death to America, Iraq Lobster. Iraq Lobster. (laughs) Iraq Lobster. Funny story. When I go to the bar, there's a bar my wife and I go to. And at that bar, we haven't done it in a long time, but there was one of those touch tune jukeboxes and we would play rock lobster it's one of those songs that like everyone everyone nobody really everyone likes but doesn't like it's it's an eight minute long song of just like absolutely nothing and like half of it's like one of the women from the b52 just making nothing but animal noises like monkey noises and shit it's like that yoko ono like video when you see her playing with like the beatles (laughs) and she's just like making like all these noises that's exactly what half the song is so people at the bar usually vibe into like zz top and rolling stones then boom we just put on b52's rock lobster so when I saw Family Guy and they had the Iraq Lobster thing, I had to I had to play it. So that's what happened this day in history in sports. We have our Super Bowl matchup set. So yesterday we had the conference championship game. So we had the AFC championship game of the Chiefs and Ravens where the Chiefs came out on top 17-10. Lamar Jackson's heroics were not enough against Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Kelsey ended with 11 receptions for 116 yards and a tutty. Had an absolute stellar performance. So they win 17-10. Move on to their fourth Super Bowl in five years. So everyone's bored. Everyone's bored with the Kansas City Chiefs. Next. Next, please. The NFC championship game. We had the Lions- at the 49ers, the Lions dominated all game. All game. We're up 24-7 at the half. And then San Francisco comes back and outscore the Lions 27-7 in the second half. Our final score, 34-31. The Lions lose. There's pivotal moments in the game where Dan Campbell, the coach of the Lions, decides to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking field goals. There's one in particular play where he could have had like a 30-some yard field goal, decided not to kick it, went for it for fourth down as well. And guess what? They lose by three with the Super Bowl on the line, which is absolutely heartbreaking for Detroit Lions fans. Really hoping they would. This was their first playoff game in like 30-some years. They would have won their first championship. It would have went to the Super Bowl for the first time ever, but they lose 34. So we have a Super Bowl matchup set between the Chiefs and the 49ers. After the game, Dan Campbell talks about his decision-making. 
I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because you know they didn't. We didn't come through. It wasn't able to to work out. But I just I don't. I don't, and I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Um, but you know, we just just didn't work out. There it is. You can tell he's heartbroken. Man, he makes those gutsy calls and just tough to see. So Detroit Lions Super Bowl would have been entertaining. I think the world kind of wanted to see that. They wanted to see Detroit. But now we get San Francisco, who's been in the Super Bowl a ton. Only people in California care about that game. And not even everybody in California care about that game. And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs, which has been there many times. And again, lame Super Bowl. I'm going to go to a Super Bowl party. I'm going to eat and I'm going to leave and probably be bed by halftime. I love sports, but I'm probably not even going to watch this game. I have zero interest in it. Good job, NFL. Garbage. Garbage matchup. You are nothing but garbage, yeah. Nothing but garbage, Gaina. Hate to see it. You can email me at nextwithlexshow at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook at nextwithlex or at Lex Luthor, especially on Instagram, Lex Luthor. Today I'll be experimenting with Kick. I'm going to try to stream a little bit on, on Kick today. See if I can get that going. We're trying to improve and make this every day. So I mess with my sound volume today. I'm hoping that the sound was a little bit better. Let me know later. If not, yeah, we'll figure it out. Who knows? But I want everyone to have a great day today. Hopefully we don't go to war tomorrow. And go from there, baby. Deuces. Let me talk to you!